0: Welcome again, guys. Thanks for coming. I know that this is a busy and stressful time of the semester, and I just really appreciate you making the time to come. And um, I'm really excited that we're here tonight because we're going to be talking about the resurrection, which is, you know, sometimes when it's like dark and cold and life is challenging, it's just good to remember the resurrection uh, in the series we're doing about uh, kind of addressing everything that's in the apostles creed and uh, so tonight we're going to look at this passage uh about uh, that details jesus's resurrection uh and it's from luke 24 verses 1 through 12 so sophie's putting it up on the screen now and i can read it for us actually two parts 1 through 12 and then 36 through 48 which is up there so uh Let me read it for us, and then we'll spend some time examining it. Uh, It says, But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? But these words seemed to them an idle tale and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves and he went home marveling at what had happened. Skipping ahead a little bit now. It says, as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Okay. So a lot there in that passage. Amazing story. Um, So this is the COVID year, right? The COVID school year. I know you guys are living it, probably tired of hearing about it, but I was remembering this week that it's been, you know, around this time last year was when everyone's kind of started talking about coronavirus. Uh, You guys remember that? And everyone was kind of like, yeah, like there's this virus, it's in the news. And, certainly won't affect us. And then, uh, as you know, it did. And uh, everything changed very quickly. So life today is really different than life a year ago. For instance, our UF large group is now on a screen. And I never in my life had I worn a mask before. And now I wear one very often. Uh, My kids' schooling is completely different now. You guys, uh, your schooling is completely different now. Uh, Family dynamics are totally different now. So everything just changed. And it started with one virus. Uh, It started with uh, this one person in in China getting uh, infected with a virus. And Jesus' resurrection is the opposite of that in many ways. Like you know it's coronavirus is horrible and the resurrection is amazing but it's the same in this way that it's a specific event that happened in a place in the world and the result is that it expands and affects everything uh, nothing will be the same because the resurrection has happened, and it's life-changing news. And so I want to look at the life-changing news of the resurrection tonight uh, under the headings of the fact of the resurrection, the meaning of it, and the power of it. So first of all, the fact of it. Um you know, I know that when we gather here, not everyone necessarily believes uh, the Bible and uh, not everyone may be a Christian. And that's, you know, we welcome that. I'm really glad if that's your story. I'm really glad you're here with us. Uh, but um, if you don't believe in the resurrection, what you still have to accept is that as it's presented in the Bible, like in what we just read, uh, it's presented as something that actually happened and it's not written at all like a myth. Yeah, uh, it's not written at all like something that was ma- made up. It was—it's written as eyewitness testimony, um, and we can see that because first of all, it's not something that anyone in these stories had had an easy time believing. Like it was unbelievable to the people in the stories. Um, you know, it, there's an actual body in the story, like Jesus eats food uh his body is touchable uh it's his old body but it's like transformed too because it still has scars and uh you know there's all these extra details that just prove that it's not fabricated like for instance that women are the first eyewitnesses because in jesus's day women couldn't testify in court and uh one of the biggest proofs that it wasn't made up is that no one expected it Uh, it it wasn't like there was a crowd of people waiting for him to resurrect on the third day but rather everyone had given up on jesus um there's also lots of eyewitnesses uh some of whom go on to die for what they believe uh that they because they believe in this resurrection and uh, a big thing in history is that people all over the world like people in greece started believing in this doctrine of the resurrection like Very soon after it happened, and even historians today will say like there's only one thing that could account for people in Greece having this belief, and that's that some people saw it in Israel. And so the bottom line, you know, as far as the fact of the resurrection is, is that there's more evidence for Jesus's resurrection than there's evidence for anything back then. Like, you know, you could question it, but then you really have to question everything Uh, in history from 2000 years ago Uh, but the big question is so what Uh, what difference does it make what's the meaning if it did happen what's the meaning of it and if you were to look say in the book of first corinthians where paul writes about the resurrection the first point he makes is that like you know if this isn't true like there's really no hope Like everything hangs on the resurrection. If it's not true, following Jesus makes no sense. It's pointless because he claims to have risen from the dead. And if he didn't, we should not be here gathered in Jesus name. It would make no sense to. And, um, but the second thing he brings out is that if he has been raised, uh, and he, he says, in fact, has been raised, uh, and he says he's the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. I wonder if you know about first fruits. Anybody into gardening in the zoom tonight? Anybody plant some things? got some gardeners here i'm I'm into gardening and uh, I usually plant at least tomatoes every year, maybe some other things. and what first fruits are is like uh, you know it's the they're awesome because they make a promise visible and they make the future visible. So the first fruits is like the first one, the first tomato on the vine. And you know, um they make the promise visible. Like you, you put the seed in the ground, you water it, you check on it, nothing seems to be happening. You check it. There's a sprout finally and you're like, yes, there's a sprout. And then maybe you'll see a flower next and then you'll be like, there's a fruit coming and the fruit comes and it grows and grows until it's finally ready to eat. And it's just wonderful. And But some days you're like, is anything happening? Like you can go out to your garden and be like, nothing has changed. Nothing is happening. But when you eat that first tomato or whatever it is, it's like, yes, this actually worked. This, it like all that stuff I did, like it worked the way it was supposed to. And it happened. And... That idea is why Jesus takes his, after he rises from the dead, he takes his apostles back to the Old Testament, to the scriptures. And he's like, he starts to talk, tell, like run through all the different promises about him and how he came to die and rise again. And it's all in, it's all, all these promises were there all along. And he's trying to show them that this is just, this was the plan all along. This is the first fruit. It's finally here. Uh, Thousands of years. uh, People waited just for like the world to become not sad anymore. Uh, People just like you and me wonder like, what is God doing? And like, when is he going to fix the world? When is he going to fix me And as you read through the Bible, what you read again and again is God assuring his people, keep going. My promises still stand. I'm at work to fix everything broken in the world, whether you feel it or see it or not. It's happening. It's happening even if the opposite seems like it's happening. And on the day that Adam and Eve sinned and our world became sad, this plan went into place. Uh, this plan to save the world and the first fruit of the plan is here like Jesus is alive death has been conquered and it's just the first fruit of it that's what the resurrection is about Uh, it used to be that no matter how much goodness there was in life it didn't you know like it was all trumped by the fact that everyone dies Jesus rising from the dead uh, screams not anymore Jesus is alive Uh, So it makes it visible, the promise, but it also makes our future visible too. Uh, Because just like, you know, picture me in my garden, biting into my first tomato, not even washing it off in the sink first. Uh, Just like me doing that, you know, and I'm like, this is good. Uh, What it shows me is that like all the other tomatoes are going to be good too. Like this is going to keep happening. Uh, And I can tell because of this one first good fruit uh, and the Bible teaches that Jesus is that. And what that means is that there's going to be a day when those who belong to Jesus that are dead will come alive again, just like Jesus did. Uh, like Jesus, it'll be with a body that's renewed and cannot die. And our world will come alive uh, because there will be no more sin and death to mess everything up else up in our world. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I just like get so depressed looking at the news these days, Uh, seeing my feed or looking on the news somewhere, Uh, not just COVID, but just, you know, everything that's messed up in our world, all the division that exists in our world uh, because of uh, because of COVID, like all this other, there's like the suicide rate is way up and the murder rate is actually way up and it's just awful. And I'm so tired of that. Uh, and more personally, you know, I wonder if you guys ever get tired of the wounds we carry through life. Uh, what are the wounds that you're carrying through life that you're tired of? Uh, the problems that we can't fix in ourselves or in our families uh, what's the stuff of life that's just like wearing you out Uh, you need to know that because Jesus is alive that stuff is on its way out like it's very real now we feel it now but like it's on its way out it's going to be gone someday and the amazing thing is that even though Jesus's followers were waiting for that day and we're still waiting for that day now Uh, the power of the resurrection started changing things immediately. Uh, And it changes things today while we wait. So I want to just kind of close by looking at the power of the resurrection. Uh, The resurrection isn't just a hope for tomorrow, like someday it's going to be right, but it's actually a power for today. I wonder if you've ever thought about going back to middle school or high school, knowing what you know now, um, Weird. So I think about this stuff a lot. Uh, I would love to, like, I, can you imagine going back to those places? Like, I would have so much more confidence if I went back now. Like, everything I cared about then, I wouldn't care at all about now. And it would be so much more fun. Um, you know, I wouldn't get involved in like the stupid, petty stuff that I cared about back then. And it would be so freeing and so good just to like go back knowing what I know. Now. and resurrection power is kind of like that. Like future I can't like future me can't contact present me and tell me everything is going to be okay. But the resurrection does actually prove that for those that belong to Jesus. Um, and because the resurrection is true, I know my destiny today. I know I'm ultimately accepted. I know that my sinful heart, this broken world, it's all going to be made new. It's going to be made right again. And that's a power. That changes things. I'll give you some examples of what it changes. Like in Jesus' day, what it immediately changed was racism, uh, specifically Jew and Gentile. Like, I don't know what you guys know about Jewish people and Gentiles and the race relations that went on then, but it was like bad it was like worse than any kind of racist conflict we have today and yet because of the resurrection one of the immediate effects of it was jews and gentiles started to worship god together and you know if you know the context it's just amazing that that could happen and you know relationships heal enemies become friends and it's because of the power of the resurrection. You know, and closer to home, closer to our history, uh, we could say the same thing happened in America in the 1960s and 70s. Martin Luther King Jr. was a pastor. He was a Christian And he was all about the resurrection. And because he knew that we were destined for a world where everything was going to be made right and people weren't going to be divided, uh, he changed the world uh, with the power of the resurrection. Uh, Resurrection power is at work even today. And it can be unleashed in our lives and in the world today. Uh, How can we access the power Uh, in our passage, Jesus tells us, he says, he tells his apostles to preach the repentance for the forgiveness of sins in verse 47. Uh, I I want you to think about the resurrection like this. The resurrection is like the receipt for Jesus's payment for your sins, or even better, it's the confirmation email. You ever like do an online transaction and you're like, did that go through? And You're like, I hope so. Like, I just gave my credit card info and I didn't. And then then you get the email and you're like, oh, good. It went through. The payment went through. And that's exactly what Jesus's resurrection is. It's like the payment for your sins worked Uh, because Jesus rose from the dead. We can be real about our sins because it means that the guilt is gone. Uh, Repentance is saying, like, I'm not enough. I need Jesus and going to Jesus, going to again to his death and resurrection is my only hope. Uh, that's what repentance is. It's saying, you know what? I can't save myself. School can't save me. Grades can't save me. Success can't save me. Family can't save me. Religion can't even save me. Only Jesus can. He's my only hope. Uh, my only hope is a God who knows all the reasons I should be rejected and yet accepts me All the reasons I am unlovable and yet dies for me and conquers death so that I can live forever. And it's amazing how resurrection power can be unleashed in our lives when we come to Jesus in this way. Uh, Think about relationships. I've talked with you, many of you, about relationships and the challenges of relationships and friendships and uh, just knowing people. And I think one thing I hear is like, from a lot of you is like, I wish my relationships were better. Like I wish my friendships were better. I wish my community was better. Uh, and relationships are hard because of insecurity, right? Like we all kind of think like, I, I'd like to hang out with that person. I don't know if they'd like to hang out with me. That's kind of awkward. This is weird. I don't know what to do. Um, and for followers of Jesus, the resurrection is our ultimate security, Like, I am secure in Jesus, and I have the confirmation email, his resurrection, to prove it. I cannot die. I'll live eternally. God's pleased with me. Uh, The resurrection says you will one day have all the happiness and all the security you have ever longed for, and you'll have it. And so who cares if you make a bad impression? Who cares if things are a little awkward? You can take risks in relationships because the resurrection's true. Uh, you can love people selflessly because the resurrection's true. It tells us all of eternity is going to be about us loving each other selflessly, so we might as well start now. We can live into that reality today that the resurrection happened and all that is sad is coming untrue. Uh, But the second thing, and I'll close with this, is that because the resurrection is true, you can have hope even in the midst of the saddest sadness and the deepest suffering. Uh, I know that uh, for many of us, this is a sad time, and it's a time of suffering in all kinds of ways. And Jesus rising from the dead is the ultimate exposure of that stuff, of sadness and suffering. Because first of all, it says, like, that stuff is awful. God hates sadness, and he hates suffering and pain and heartache. It's really not the way it's supposed to be. And we should be sad about it, too, and we should hate it, too. That's why Jesus had to come in the first place. But secondly, what the resurrection says is that stuff is going away for good. Jesus was dead, but now he's alive, So get as close to him as possible. Let me close this in prayer. Uh, Father, we pray that the resurrection would be real in our hearts. Uh, We pray it's an idea we've heard of before and probably a lot and we can get numb to it. uh, But I pray that we would dwell just in the reality of uh, Jesus was dead and now he's alive. Uh, our sin is taken away and we can be free and that our world will one day not be sad anymore. I pray that that would be our hope. I pray that we would live in that power and be changed by it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.